The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of MyTalk 1071. You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, MyTalk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us for the mom show here on my talk 1071 i'm miss shannon and uh we have a great time here on the mom show because it is a repository of excellent information for you and your family and we have a rotating panel of experts that comes through and just drops some knowledge on you every episode and some things that you're like you know what I thought it was just me, and we free you from feeling that. You're not the crazy person. If things don't go perfect, everything's fine. It's definitely a no-judgment zone here. And in today, from Health Foundation's Birth Center, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass is joining us again. And I love it when you're in, Dr. Amy, because not only can we talk about things, yeah, they're important, but you also free us up to just kind of laugh about some of the quirky things that happen in families and the scenarios that we go through. So, yeah, it may seem like this very serious thing at the moment. But then once you get a little bit of distance, it's like yeah, sometimes these things, you know, you can laugh about them. And that's how you get through some of these complicated times with your family. Oh, my goodness. I was just thinking that as I was thinking about this topic this yes. morning, because today we're going to be talking about navigating picky eaters and right. food sensitivities. And my kids are older now. They're nine and 11. Not to say we don't still have sometimes our food issues, but mm -hmm. Definitely not right. the battles we had when they were like toddlers. Yes. And so I was, I was kind of thinking about those times and now I can laugh. Right. I think they're, you know, kind of funny at times, but at the time you're in the thick of it. And you're just <laughs> looking at this person going, I am trying to help you and they want none of it. Like uh -huh. they, <laughs> they're not in a position to absorb that information. They can't give you the response that you want. Where it's like, I am showing that I love you by trying to get you to eat uh -huh. these things. And they're like, no. No, I'm not in. I know. You know, I always think that that is really one way that I show that I love my family. Yes. Is I cook the meals. Yes. And you know, that sounds so funny because everybody's like, well, of course, Amy, everybody has to eat. But, you know, I think that it's love on a plate, right? Right. It's like... <laughs> Especially I'm reminded of this in the summers because it's like our kitchen is a revolving door. Okay. Because I feel like we do breakfast and then everything gets cleaned up and then I'm like, okay, kitchen's closed. Oh no. And now it's snack time. Oh no. Now it's lunchtime. Oh right. no. Now it's another snack time. I'm like... Those are those are the little things that I like when kids go back to school. Yes, I agree. We have kitchen open and kitchen closed official times. Right. <laughs> I was trying to tell a friend who doesn't have kids. It's like school is great. And you, you, you know, you sit there and especially in Minnesota, you get there and, you know, they go, wait, snow days are great. I'm like, you think that as a kid, as a parent, we like it when they go to school because that's one of the few times we don't have to feel guilty that they're not with us. I'm like, you're not supposed to be with me. Yes. Go to school. You're supposed to be at school. I know. And so everybody's thinking about school already this right. time of year we start the 27th i know some of our friends have already started some don't we start already till started after. Yeah. yeah some don't start till after um the holiday but 
I can't believe we're already here. I know. It did just kind of genie blink by. Uh-huh. It did. And I think that it's always I good to that. genie blink <laughs> by. Genie blink That's by. exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> I appreciate when we get to do topics like this because it just reminds everybody that you do have such a broad spectrum of information available if they contact you over at Health Foundation's Birth Center. Because people, a lot of times, they probably just say, well, here's the name that's on the website. Yep. And then they don't go, well, no, if I just have a general, you know, family-related or nutrition or health-related question, that this is a great resource for them as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, we talk about a lot of these topics and things like our mom's groups. Right. And our mom's groups are open and free to the public. And so we meet on Thursdays. It's just a chance to be around other moms. You know, we bring in speakers on a regular basis about a lot of these topics because it's things that everybody's really interested about. Right. Um, But, you know, honestly, you only have so much Google power. Right. Right. And I remember when it came to things like sleep or, you know, all these food issues or what's the best thing for this or that. I wasn't a book reader. Right. Or I could only digest so much. But the reality is we uh, we were in the thick of it, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to pick up five different books and decide, okay, this is the best thing for our family right (laughs) right now. You figured it out and you talked to moms and we Googled a little. And so I think that's the that's the valuable part of going to things like moms groups or things like ECFE in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a very um, popular and something that is can be very helpful. If you don't know about ECFE, that look because there's them, there's ECFE classes and groups in in almost every community. Right. So, um, yeah. I think it's a great source for families and women. And it's cool that you're bringing up, you know, this whole food issue, because I think a lot of times we jump to the conclusion that it can't be dietary if my kid is having an issue. It can't. And if somebody Uh says maybe you should change their diet, we kind of have just been ingrained to look at it like that's voodoo. That's not real science. It can't be that I'm giving them the wrong food and maybe that's what's dominoing effect into something else. I get that. All the time. Right. Even with people who know what I do on a daily basis. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I don't offer, <laughs> I don't offer opinions or advice very often because, you know, unless people ask, I think that's, that's kind of a nice rule. But even when I do say, you know, maybe that's something you want to look and see what they're eating or yes. we'll talk a little bit about what food testing is because uh, kids are simple. They're not adults. You right. know, we have all of these years of crud that is just built up and we're more like an onion that you have to peel back the layers and layers and layers to get to kind of the root of all of our stuff sometimes kids are simple they haven't been with us that long right you know a lot of times it's really basic things like sleep water and absolutely food food is so huge and the reason that food is huge too is because everybody has to eat right and so what we're putting in our bodies and how our bodies is reacting to it is huge and it sounds so daunting to so many uh, families and women in particular moms because a lot of times the moms are the ones trying to figure all of this out. Right. And um, knowing the right resources is huge because I can't tell you how many moms I talk to um, in the office that have gone through so many doctor's appointments, allergists, foods, books, Google, and they're exhausted right because it does seem like a flood of information and then sometimes just even the suggestion of what you need to do Uh makes you so tired just thinking like how am I going to get them to do that even though I want that outcome yep and I think too you know when you start talking about changing how you're eating or or the ways that we're eating you know it 
so much of it is involved in rituals that we have in a day or what's in the cupboard or how busy we think or feel we or we are. Right. You know, um, or you don't want to start a fight. You or know? you don't want to start. You don't a fight. want to start a fight it's like with you're your choosing your battles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think hopefully today we'll talk on. I uh, will hit on some tips and tricks that will be helpful. Maybe just some tidbits of information to just kind of either be thinking about or store in the back of your mind for future in case they come up for you or your family. But I just can't stress enough how much food is truly the basis of our health. And a lot of times when we get down to the basics, it truly is water, food, sleep you know, some basic supplements because the reality is we're not getting everything that we need in our diet right. and our foods, the way everything's grown and all the chemicals, all yada, 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 everybody, everything everybody's hearing about. So, you know, it is sometimes as simple as getting back to the basics. Well, we're also open to take your questions here at The Mom Show. And the number is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. But Dr. Amy, as we are looking at our kids, is there any particular behaviors that really just jump to mind where you could go, you know what, maybe it might be a food issue? Oh, yes. Okay. So. And the list is quite long okay. and it's pretty individual to the person or the child. So dark circles under your eyes, really fatigued. Um, sometimes as an adult, you might notice that there's um, gunk draining down the back of your throat, right. like that post-nasal drip, um, recurrent ear infections. You're just sick all the time for kids, especially behavior is a huge one. Right. Um, skin issues, you know, especially young kids, you know, all the way up through, well, anybody, but especially young kids. If you're having skin issues, I can guarantee it's a food, a food issue. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or there's a food component. And um, that, I guess I just haven't seen it where it isn't. Right. Okay. And um headaches, sleep issues. I had one child come in who just was not sleeping and I thought her mom was just going to keel over. She looked like a zombie. She was so exhausted and we played around with her diet. We took some things out. We did some food testing and it was a journey for them. It did take, you know, a couple of weeks, but after about um, 14 to 16 days she was sleeping or we were starting to see a change in her sleep pattern and um over time as that mom came in she looked more well slept (laughs) she looked her skin was glowing now (laughs) yes that's a big deal um but that first time i thought oh my gosh we got to figure something out because i don't know how much longer we're going to see you standing right she was just so exhausted so i mean it can be quite a quite a few you know quite a range of symptoms Um, that people or children experience that can be food related. Well, we are going to continue this exploration of food allergies, food sensitivities, and just some more tips and tricks for all of the families out there that might be dealing with a picky eater. And we're also going to take your questions. Again, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. Joined this morning from Health Foundations Birth Centers, Dr. Amy Johnson Grass is in, and we're talking about food issues with our kids. So if you have any questions uh, or any comments, you can call us at 651 641 1071. That's 651 641 1071. And Dr. Amy, is how prevalent is like are all kids picky eaters? Are most kids picky eaters? You know, I think everybody goes through their stage. Got it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think um, 
toddlerhood mm-hmm. is generally where we all start hitting a little bit of a wall with is, a little bit more picky eaters. Is part of it that's when they're exhibiting like most of their personality, like yeah. they're becoming, oh no, I have an opinion on things. I think so. And I mm-hmm. think kids are starting to be wanting to be more independent. Right. And, you know, it's that it's one of those stages where they're starting to to feel where the boundaries are. Fair and enough. when you think about being a toddler, how many things do they have control over besides <laughs> pooping? Yes. And eating. Yes. And sleeping. Mm-hmm. And what are the three things that we have the most difficulties with right. with toddlers? Pooping, <laughs> eating, and sleeping. You're like, I am the boss of this domain. That's what they're showing us, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so with food in particular, you know, I think it goes back even farther to this food introduction. Okay. And so, you know, and, you know, the way we talk about food introduction, you know, every, I think everybody knows at this point that food introduction is my soapbox. Yes. I think it's the foundation of health for kids. Um, I think how we do it or how we don't do it can really set a stage as they get older, not only for health wise, but for sometimes things like this picker eat, picky eater scenario. Right. Um, and, you know. I should also say, though, you can do it all right and you can still have a child who only eats five foods that are white. Ah, uh, got you. You so, know what I mean? Sometimes it's just personality. Can we back up a second? Just give the foundational yes. piece of what you mean by food introduction. Please. Absolutely. So, you know, the idea of food introduction is foods no sooner than six months. Right. And, you know, we've talked in the past about you start with low allergenic foods and then you slowly introduce them over time and keep the more allergenic foods until they're older. Right. And okay. so we can put up that blog again with some of those ideas. That'd be great. Um, so so people have that as a reference. But the idea is, is in a child's digestive system, it is continually um, maturing until they're about age three. Okay. And so um, how they're able to digest and um, assimilate the nutrients um, really plays a big role for those first three years. So I always say if you're good for those first three years about how you're introducing foods and what your kids are eating, um, you are really setting themselves that setting yourself and them up for success for um, often less illness, um, less behavior issues. Um, sometimes with these picky eater scenarios, it's a little easier. Um, but, you know, if nobody really talks about food introduction in a right. really appropriate way, okay, you know, to say um, just feed them what you're eating off your plate or it doesn't matter what kids are eating is just not true. Right. And so, you know, starting off with those fruits and vegetables and then slowly adding in some of the grains, but not wheat. And then some of the dairy really not until, you know, a minimum of uh, 12 months. But really, I talk about 18 months. Right. Um can make a big difference. And I think uh, from talking to some of my uh, peers in our little parenting groups, uh, it seems like. Part of the issue when you're doing that introduction is that if you introduce all of the quote unquote snack foods too early, they really can't differentiate that all foods not supposed to taste like all of these sugary, salty, just all of these, all the things that we have added into things to make them delicious and addictive. Uh They can't go, well, why, why doesn't the rest of my food taste this way? Yeah, that's huge. So they can't understand it's a present, you know, or (laughs) a a treat. treat. They don't know what a treat means. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, parents have to remember that. You, what you introduce is their world. Right. What you give them is what they can eat and what they are exposed to, what they know as food. Right. So if they're not getting ice cream, sweets, cookies, juice, 
all of this crud that is on the shelves. Yes. Um, they're not missing out. Right. And but you know what? I hear that so frequently. And you know who I hear it most frequently from is grandparents. Yes. Oh, but Johnny really needs this popsicle or, you know, it's okay if they have a little piece of candy or mine's is oatmeal cookie. She's tried to convince herself that oatmeal (laughs) cookies are good for my son because there's oatmeal in them. Right. She's like, he needs the fiber. That's what she said. He needs the fiber. I'm like, I'm giving him fiber powder. (laughs) He's fine. But grandparents do do that. Is it part of the? They're just trying to it's a you know, food does have an emotional bond to it. It shows love, you know, so giving them something that they think is special, a treat. They probably have an emotional attachment to it. Oh, absolutely. And I think, though, you know, if our kids didn't have things like, I'll just be honest, our kids didn't have a lot of the things like necessarily pizza or candy or, you know, we made a lot of popsicles or got the organic popsicles when they were little. They didn't have a, a lot of that sugar or sweets or those traditional kid foods until they were after three. Okay. And, um... And yeah, what you give your kids is what they know in their world. So I just, I just think remember that. Right. And especially when they're babies, you know, they don't need in the beginning a lot of variety. So when you're doing this food introduction, I always say start with vegetables. Okay. So um, because then they get that taste and they get that in their palate. Because even if you start with uh, fruits, you know, then fruits are kind of like that sweet Right. And so it's fine to mix it up a little bit, but, you know, make sure you're mixing it up and doing, but make sure you're getting those vegetables in there. Right. So you can start that foundational. Yes. Because I think that that piece in the beginning, if all they really are getting is fruits and vegetables and whole grains and eventually, you know, some good proteins, I think you'll have a little bit less of an issue when it starts coming to them to be toddlers. Well, Dr. Amy, let's say we're gotten, we've we've passed the point of doing it appropriately. And so now our kid is in the midst of picky eaterness. So now what do we do? Right. So where I start, because, you know, I used to work at Children's and I would see these really complicated kids. And I'll never forget, because I I mentioned that five foods that were white. Right. That was the kid that came to see me. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you got to start with where they're at. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, all we did was start, we chose one food a week. Yes. And they would get offered it once a day. Okay. And the goal, and the, the thing was that they would take one bite. Yes. Or at least taste it, you know? Yeah. We've backed up even in my house because I'm working with some things. I'm like, just touch it. Just yeah. touch it. <laughs> like start by touching it. I mean. It won't hurt you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think remembering to, again, choose your battles, Right. Right. And so if it is, if it's just touching it or, mm-hmm. or putting it on your tongue or taking right. a lick and not taking a full bite, but just think that's a win. Yes. Because they weren't doing that before. Right. And I think sometimes we get in this idea of, oh no, they have to eat a whole cup. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or no, we're eating this every <laughs> night for dinner and you're sitting at the table until it's gone. And we're going to just battle. <laughs> just battle. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Probably not the best approach. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, that can backfire on you probably. Oh, absolutely. They'll just dig in their heels sometimes and then never come around. Is that what you're implying? Oh, yes. Okay. And know, know your personalities, right? Because we have one of my children are incredibly, I would say they're both pretty stubborn, but one of my children are incredibly stubborn. Got it. And so if I would have said, you have to sit at the table until you eat all of that off your plate. 
we might have been sitting there till the next morning. Yeah. And I'm not joking. No, I we tried that. My ex-husband and I, we tried that. Okay, this is all we're making. Uh-huh. But when you're hungry, you'll come eat. And he, I, I gave in first because he would wait all <laughs> He just wouldn't eat. He, he right. just wouldn't eat. And I'm like, well, now I feel terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, it's been... A hard. day. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like, been a day. Now huh. he's crabby and he's not working. eating. No, exactly. <laughs> this is backfiring. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so really know that personality. And I, you know, I always, especially now that our kids are older, I thought about it when they were younger, but I wish I'd have thought about it more when they were younger, about what those consequences really mean to me. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Like whatever consequence we dole out or rules that we have, I always think, okay, what does that mean for me? Right. And so do you mean, okay, what kind of, how am I going to feel during this battle? Can I I actually feel, can I follow through on this? Yes. So like for instance, um, right now, Xbox, you know, yeah, my son's 11. We we have an Xbox at our house. And right now, um, generally punishments, revolve around the xbox right and so um or chores or whatever but if i say okay if x doesn't happen or if this keeps happening then the xbox is gone for a day a week or and then i think okay well am i going to be able to do that for a week right or I have got to have the resilience <laughs> to stay with it. Right. Whether it's the whining or the negotiating or whatever on the child part, it's like, okay, mom, you've got to. Once you say it, you need yes. to be able to follow through on it. Otherwise, it's it won't so work. It's so huge. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big piece of it, too, because I think, you know, if you say, okay, we're going to do this one food for once a day for seven days and make that deal, but not follow through, then. The next thing you're going to want to try, I think, might be a little harder. Because they've seen maybe they might be able to yeah. get out of this. Yeah. Fair enough. So we're going to take our break now. What do you want to cover when we get back? We can talk a little bit more about the picky eating, and then we'll talk some more about the food sensitivities. And we'll also take your questions. The number is 651-641-1071. You're listening to Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundation's Birth Center here on The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071, your repository of great information. And most of the time, it's great information for your family, but we don't always want to say, oh, only moms can benefit from this. Lots of people can, because we know that there are a lot of different scenarios out there, and we just like to help all of our My Talkers with some great information. And today, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center is joining us again, and we've been talking about picky eaters, and specifically mostly with younger kids, but we can we all have picky eaters in our life mm-hmm. you know where you're going how did you get here <laughs> and how can I help you how yeah. can I help you get out of your own way and try and have the most balanced diet and there's lots of ways that this can impact their lifestyle we know oh absolutely mm-hmm. I think you know it's um, good to mention there's a book out there called deceptively delicious okay and um, really what it is it's it's a way to hide vegetables yes into foods kids eat on like like to eat on a daily basis i am a big fan of this book and there are a couple other cookbooks yes. that are similar to this and i know that when i brought it up before some of the people in my mom's group jumped to judgment and said well you're tricking them i don't care i think yeah. that it's like again back to what you said what's the outcome that you're looking for and you yeah. want them to have balance in their diet it's balance and i think too 
there's out there's a time and a place for everything. Right. I don't know if we can always be purists all the time. Right. And uh, and when I say purists, I feel like we put all of these ideals up on this pedestal mm-hmm. and think that that's where we always need to be all the time. And I think it just stresses women out right. incredibly and puts all this mom guilt and shame that. Um, you know, I think it's fine. I think it, 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 you're right. The outcome, right? right? They're getting more vegetables. Um, you know, they might, they might not, they might not, but it's one avenue to explore. Right. And you're still doing on maybe all these other things. And there still are some easy, we'll call them tips that are in there. Like I remember reading about how you can blend up cauliflower and put it in their mac and cheese yeah. or put, you know, or put it in mashed potatoes so that it does have more yep. components to it or and who's to say, we, I mean, those just aren't great ideas, period, to how to be making some of those foods. Right. And so if we can come up with some different ideas to add those things in, why not? Right. Um, I tend to put protein powder in a lot of things. Right. Um, we like the Vital Nutrients protein powder. Um, it dissolves in just about anything, has no taste. And you have suggested that for my son, and it has worked out beautifully. Yeah. Because I got him to the point that he was drinking water, so I didn't want to back up to those, even the protein variety of, we'll call them Kool-Aids. Yeah. And so having something like that's clear and it's, you know, super just plain water soluble was a great idea. Yeah. And I think, right, because mm-hmm. I don't want families to get on this track of some, you hit it right on the head, some of these Kool-Aid type proteins. Right. Because there's sugar, there's often colors, yes. there's all these preservatives. Don't. Those are the things I don't want to be negotiating about. Those right. things just keep out of the diet period. I know some, so you're pam- right. yeah, yeah. some families are, their kids are, you know, that whole dye thing. There are some kids that Huge. that really does impact them. So, Huge. yeah, it, it all does snowball. And I'm sorry, I just have to say, when you think about a color yes. and putting it in a food and then putting it in your body, just think about that for a minute. That right. just doesn't even seem Right. Right. <laughs> at all right and so I, I don't know if they're so complicated Zai, where i'm like <laughs> i feel like i don't even know if i want that in my clothes like i certainly right. don't want to just drink it right so and, you know, and so it is nice to have these other options that are out yeah. there or ways that you like you know you know if you have one of those picky eaters but they only eat pancakes there's ways that you can oh, slowly yeah. up you can hide things in pancakes that is yes. a great mechanism for sneaking food in yes and we have a pancake loving family in mm-hmm. the mornings and so we do pancakes during the week for school but the rule is they know they have to have protein with it mm-hmm. but they also don't know that we put protein, protein. In, in the pancakes <laughs> right. so so we try and make that a trade off right <laughs> right but mm-hmm. um yeah cuz i think protein is huge to a lot of these behavior things that we're seeing in kids it's a lot of blood sugar regulation a lot of times and so you know, again, when we're thinking about, uh, you know, kids and all these things that are happening with them, I always start with the foods right. and then see what's left and then whatever's left to deal with, you know, then you can come up with another plan for that. But and another great thing to hide in there is the fiber, right? We know that that's mm-hmm. so integral to uh, so many of the kids and the behaviors that we're talking about is making sure that oh, they get goodness. enough fiber. So when I worked at Children's, um, I worked with mostly kids on the spectrum. Right. Um, and so I cannot tell you how many children I worked with around constipation. Right. And constipation, of course, behaviors and all ear infections, skin stuff, all of these things. But constipation was so huge. Right. And so, right, those fibers and ways to find it, and it, a lot of times with kids, it does need to be creative mm-hmm. sometimes with the fibers. So sometimes the powders, sometimes, um, of course, the fruits and vegetables and water and some of the supplements that we talk about, but will help. But if 
Constipation's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have a crabby kid, it might be that they need to poop. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I have, my doctor told me that about my son. It might just be that. I'm like, okay, fair enough. We'll, oh. we'll check on that. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I'm glad that you get to share things like that because it does sound really complicated when you say I'm going to figure out a way to change my picky eater's diet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how do you counsel people to go? Here's how you can begin this journey and not just become exhausted by the concept. Yeah. Start simple. Okay. So. Make it fun. Mm -hmm. So either come up with a fun plate, a fun fork. If the kids are younger, that that goes a long way. And have them help you pick it out because then they're excited about it. Right. Sometimes the kids like those plates where it's either a character on them or they have the different sections. Right. You know, some kids don't like their food to touch. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... You may or may not know that about your child. And then you put everything in a plate that has the different sections. And sometimes that changes things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, start with the kind of the fun stuff. And then truly just start with one thing a week. Okay. It can really be that simple. And over time, it can build. Knowing that sometimes you pick that one food and you have it once a day for a week or for five days or, you know, whatever timeline you look at. And they might still not like it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But then you just move on and you pick your next food. I mean, everything, they don't have to like everything. Okay. They don't have to integrate everything. But I think the idea is, is they are trying new things. Right. Um, especially for some of those kids who have such a limited diet or maybe only eats noodles and noodles. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> noodles, white bread. Right. Because you know, I do, I see those kids, mm-hmm. right? They have a maybe a 10 food list that they eat off of on right. a daily basis. And so, um, and then also thinking, you know, are they more of those kids who just want it simple? Yes. And if you have those plates or your own plate at home and you just do simple things like a protein, maybe potatoes, maybe another veggie or whatever it is, and keep it real simple. Right. Or if you blend it all together or or have it so it's more like a casserole or um, Indian food or something with spice, mm-hmm. I never, I guess I didn't do tons of spice for our kids when they were little. And okay. then my daughter had Indian food one day and she just devoured it. Oh. And I thought, oh, I just, I thought it would be too spicy. Right. And, and she, she would thought like it was it. great. She thought it was great. It opened up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Um for her and she's she still likes that you know that more spicy food but who knew right so don't be afraid to try something that's a little different like that that maybe that might go well i couldn't get you to eat chicken breast before but if i put this different flavor with it yeah sauce or whatever and i want to say you know when our kids were little what i would do is i would just take a big pot and i would put carrots spinach broccoli and throw tons of veggies in Mm mm-hmm Maybe some um, tomatoes. And then I would put it all in a blender. Okay. And I wouldn't do it so it was like smooth, smooth, but so it was still had a little bit of chunk to it. Right. And I would put even hamburger or whatever. And then I would make some either, um, I would often do quinoa. Yes. And I would take a bowl and I would put a little scoop of quinoa and then I would put this mixture on top. And especially when they were starting to use a spoon or whatever, that mm-hmm. they were more independence. They loved it. Oh, and that's and how that it was easy. Get, it's super easy. And then I would make a big batch and we would have it for the week. Perfect. So think about things you can do like that because that's tons of 
tons of vegetables and some protein and the good grain with that quinoa. Um, and at that age, our kids kind of liked that funky texture. And so, but if your kids don't like texture, do something like couscous or brown rice or something. But again, start with the things that um, they don't know white rice. Right. They don't know that there's other options. So start with the healthier version of everything when you start. Well, we talked about hiding protein. We talked about hiding some fiber in there. <laughs> Is there anything else that we should talk about hiding when we get back? Um, I think those are the big things. Okay, so what do you want to cover in the next segment then? I think we're going to talk a little bit more about food sensitivities and what to do if you think your child is not is reacting to foods. Perfect. If you have any questions, call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. You can always get this information and our previous episodes of The Mom Show on MyTalk1071.com, keyword mom show. And today, Dr. Amy Johnson-Grass from Health Foundations Birth Center. And your uh, website is a great way to kind of start the uh, journey of getting some questions answered. If they go to health-foundations.com, that's a great way to start it and go, maybe have some questions. I'd like to come by and get some information. That's a great way for them to get a hold of you. Absolutely. And then we have a blog that's of tons of information about things we talk about on the show. Um, most common things people come up with with questions about and really interesting topics of the time. So mm-hmm. check that as well. So we have been talking today about picky eaters and some food issues that we might be dealing with with the kids out there. We still have time to take your questions if you have any about your little one at 651-641-1071. And thank you for bringing up the issue of food sensitivities. Yes, because I think sometimes, huge. yeah, you know, you're, we're scared to say, is this really a thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's huge. And it's not it's not something healthcare providers really talk about ever right. because I don't think it's part of their education. Right. And so um, a lot of times families, what I see is families will end up at an allergist and they'll go through the skin prick test. Yes. And they'll come up negative and they'll say, okay, well, it's the food's not an issue. Right. And... <clears throat> That's not quite the way that that's not the best way to test for food sensitivities. Okay. That's really, I think, um, a little bit more of a food allergy. So let's first talk about what's the difference between an allergy and a sensitivity. All right. So an allergy is what people think of when they say, okay, I have to carry an EpiPen. You know, I eat strawberries and my mouth swells up. Or Or shellfish or those type. Yeah, or uh, peanuts. Right. And those things um, you have fairly a, a quicker reaction and it's normally um, fairly severe. Okay. Those are things that um, we are not talking about allergies. Right. Those are things you want to know about. Those are foods to avoid. Mm-hmm. They tend to be a little bit more lifelong, although although you can work with allergists to you know decrease those sensitivities. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sensitivities and sensitivities are something that um, your body just is reacting to that um it just doesn't it's not liking at the moment okay they are not lifelong mm-hmm. once we heal up the gut and get, get your gut healthy again you should be able to reintroduce those foods back in the ones that i haven't been really successful reintroducing back in are peanuts okay so if you have a sensitivity to peanuts it probably is more long lasting it seems that way you know i've had so many kids come up with peanut sensitivities over the years and we've tried to reintroduce those and maybe we might still see behaviors or okay. 
nighttime bedwetting or whatever, um, that that one seems to be a little bit harder. But the idea of sensitivities is really that your gut just isn't, it's an optimal health and food's getting through where it's not supposed to and your body's reacting to it and causing these symptoms. So once we take out the foods for a period of time, give your body a rest and heal up the gut. So that's the biggest thing. A lot of times people say, oh, I have food sensitivities and I took it out and I put it back in and there was no difference. Right. Well, of course there was no difference because you didn't heal up your gut. Um, You didn't really solve the problem that was happening. You just took away the thing that was giving you the symptoms. So let's do two things, because I think we need to talk about a couple of the things that are the symptoms of having that sensitivity. And then we definitely need to go, how do I start the process of healing? Yeah. So how do I know that I might or my child might have a sensitivity? So those things that we talked about. So the dark circles, Mm -hmm. um, tummy issues, skin issues, headaches. Got it. Okay. Um, Joint pain. Ah, okay. Severe fatigue. Behaviors. Yes. You know, kids who have ADHD, autism, all of these things. I'm not saying that food is the cause of it, but it's a component. I can't say that there's ever been one child that we didn't work on diet with that didn't improve in some manner. Right. And it just depends for your child what that is. Is it It 25%? Is it 50%? Is it 80%? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we saw these dramatic changes and sometimes we just saw... More moderate changes. Right. But then I always say, okay, well, you figured that piece out. Now let's figure out the rest. Right. You know, but if you don't figure out the food and you just keep eating it, it doesn't really matter what else you do. Like for ours, we had done the gluten-free, dairy-free. Yep. And then it figured out that it was mostly the dairy. Yep. Mostly the dairy with my kid. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And it's surprising once you do notice a difference and, you know, in those things that it really does. It's like, oh yeah, it was hard to make that change at first. But then once you get into it, it's a lot easier. Yep. And there's so many more resources these days. Even if you shop at places like Target, Mm -hmm. it's like the gluten-free is integrated right in with everything these days. And it tastes good. Right. They really have figured it out. Mm -hmm. About, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago when I feel like I started some uh, a lot of this. The gluten-free, especially things like the bread. Yes. Oh, it was cardboard. Like cardboard. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And now I eat it, no big deal, and it's actually good, and it's <laughs> soft, and I don't think my kids would notice it a lot of times if I put it in. But Right. Yeah. So, um, But I think the first thing is being open to the idea that food is a component to your health. Right. Then finding a provider. Yes. Right? That's a huge issue. The naturopaths, the naturopathic doctors... Um, who are who have licenses in the state of Minnesota are really who I would seek out. Mm-hmm. They have education about this specifically. Right. If you go to an allergist or sometimes even your um, general uh, pediatrician or pediatric provider, they might not know a lot of information, and they okay. actually might poo-poo. Yes. The idea and think, oh, that's not a thing or whatever. But you know, it actually is. Right. And sometimes when you're in the midst of it, every little thing helps. Yes. So why would you want to discount something like this? Absolutely. Understandable. And then once you found that provider, it's really working with that provider to find the appropriate testing. Mm-hmm. So the testing that I really have used extensively over the years is IgG. Okay. Because that's a that's a part of our immune system. That's the part that you want to test. IgG food sensitivity testing. Okay. Because you're going to go to an allergist and they're going to want to test your IgE. E and that is and that's your allergies, which Got is it. great if you want to find out. Like, do you have a peanut allergy? Are you allergic to cats or mm-hmm. whatever? I want to know 
the IgG. Right. So those are the tests that we tend to do. So if we find the proper naturopathic naturopathic doctor. doctor. So the Minnesota Association of Naturopathic Physicians Mm -hmm. is the website to look at. They list all the licensed providers here in the state of Minnesota because the unique thing about Minnesota is you don't have to have um, a license to necessarily practice. Okay. And so um, that's a very reliable list of providers that have gone through uh, medical school, have taken board exams and have had the education um, around these things. And so the Minnesota Association of Naturopathic Physicians is a great place to look. Um, yeah. And then once I find that physician, how do I work with them to resolve the problem and actually start that corrective process that you talked about? So a lot of times what they'll do and what I do with our families is we start off by a really thorough history. Okay. So I want to hear about what's going on. And I ask lots about diet and lots about your poop and sleep and all of your symptoms and do really a head to toe review of systems. And then we we talk about testing. Okay. And for kids, the test that we do, it is a blood test. Mm-hmm. We have a finger poke. Okay. And so that is an option. Kids generally, even the ones who are super afraid, we call it finger painting yes. in our okay. office. Mm-hmm. And so I have them help me. And a lot of times we're, we might get a few tears, but even the kids who are super scared. It's just all a matter of how you frame it. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And we get through it just fine. Um, we do have an arm draw if the kids are older and they're more comfortable with that. And so that is is fine as well. Then it takes about um, 10 to 14 days to get the test results. And when you get the test results, it breaks it up into different food groups. So all the fruits and veggies, the meats, um, the, all the grains, all the nuts. And it ranks it on a scale of no reaction to high reaction. Anything that's moderately to high reactors are things we completely take out of their diet. And that's when people start freaking out, right? Okay. (laughs) They're like, I can't eat what? Yes. Okay. But we help. You Mm -hmm. know, generally we help either with recipes or brands or, you know, we look at what the day looks like to help you be successful. Once you take out those foods, you will generally notice a difference in about 10 to 14 days. That's not that long. That's good. And it's not that everything's cured, but you'll start noticing a difference. Right. And at the same time, then that provider that you're working with will work with supplements to really help you specifically, because I do think it's individual, um, how to heal up that gut Mm -hmm. and then how to reintroduce those foods over time. Gotcha. So this is all great information. We'll make sure that it's on our website. But again, they can get all of this blog information if they go to health-foundations.com. So overall, I mean, if you're looking at your kid, are you just want to remind people that they can do this? Absolutely. And again, start simple. Mm -hmm. Don't look at it and say, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this. I got to do it all. You know, really start simple with, you know, those one food a week. Make it fun. Come up with a fun plate, fork, cup, whatever. Get a blender, have them help you. You know, you hear all these things. In, do you have to do all those things? No. Start right. with one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not the only person out there that's going through these challenges. Absolutely. All right. Well, we encourage you again to go to the website, health-foundations.com. We'll have you back on again soon, Dr. Amy. So Thank we always you. appreciate it when you're here. And go again to our website. It's very easy. MyTalk1071.com. Keyword mom show.